0: Hey everybody! This is Chuck Smith with the Bavarian Podcast Works post game show, and we're coming to you right after Bayern Munich's disappointing two one defeat at the hands of Eintracht Frankfurt. Obviously, for a lot of Bayern Munich fans, this game was probably frustrating to watch at times. Uh, there were a, there were a lot of uh, things to really take a look at and examine with this game, and uh, we'll kind of just start off by walking through how things started how they progressed, and how we got to the point where Bayern dropped points here. Uh, from the beginning of the game, I think it was safe to say that Eintracht Frankfurt was the hungrier side. Uh, they looked far more energetic and into the game early on. Bayern Munich, in my opinion, was was very flat, and there are a lot of reasons you can look at for why they came out flat. Uh, it was kind of a makeshift lineup with Eric Maxim and Moting Moting uh, behind Robert Lewandowski, and that level of comfort... Uh, either with Lewandowski or Chupo Moting, it's it's just not there. Uh, it's near impossible to replace what Thomas Muller brings to the table, and it's probably not even a fair proposition to ask Chupo to, to fill those shoes, but you know, he was tasked with that, and while he wasn't terrible by any means, uh, the little things that Muller brings to the game were, were missed. The pressing, the movement, identifying space, the ability to sacrifice his own game to look for Lewandowski, those were all things that you could tell frustrated Lewandowski over the course of the game because he wasn't seeing, he wasn't getting those passes he usually gets. Uh, Even the spacing was just crowded at times for Lewandowski, and he was just, you know, there were signs of his frustration throughout the contest. Uh, You know, we also saw Mark Rocha uh, get the start in the central midfield, and and I know we have a lot of Roca fans out there, but I, I think he was kind of a disaster today. Uh, his spacing uh, was really, really bad. There was no cohesion between Roca and, and Kimmich on the day. Uh, the team had a lot of trouble facilitating getting the ball up the middle today just because of the lack of cohesion between Kimmich and Roka. Uh Defensively, I didn't think Roca offered much support. I just thought he was poor on the day, and I think this is one of the, the, the games where we can look at and, and see why Hansi Flick has has not trusted him as much as I think fans would like. Uh, it'll be interesting to see from this point forward how things go in terms of how Flick uses Roca, but I, I believe this was probably a game where uh, Roca had to kind of do or die, and, and he just did not fare well. Anyway, we will move on uh, from Bayern's lineup issues and get to the 12th minute when Daichi Kamada took a great pass from Filip Kostic and deposited it in the back of the net. And even if Kamada missed it, uh, Luka Jovic was right there. I mean, there were two options to score the goal. It was just a, a terrible breakdown in defending by Bayern's back line. I'm aware we heard that before. Uh, but it was it really set the tone for the game. Uh like I said, Eintracht Frankfurt was very energetic and they looked like they wanted to win the game where Bayern looked like they were just trying to get through it. Uh, and that really, it set the tone because what we saw in the 31st minute was after Eintracht essentially dominated and Bayern was sloppy, I mean, Yunus took, again, he took advantage of some sloppy defending and just hit a screamer into the far upper corner to beat Manuel Neuer. I mean, it was a really tremendous goal and I know that Younis is a player who's gotten some run with the German national team in the past. He might have made a strong case for himself in this contest with Yogi Lowe in the uh, in attendance for the game. So uh, 2-0, Bayern is down. They're reeling. They look terrible. They're, they're broken in the midfield. There's no cohesion offensively. Uh, Leroy Sané is is making just mistake after mistake, and he's frustrating the hell out of fans and anyone watching because he keeps losing the ball. But it was an interesting dichotomy with Sané because as frustrating as he was with losing the ball and making some bad decisions, he was really one of the only Bayern players trying to do anything offensively, and he was mildly successful in the first half. And we saw that actually build a little momentum and carry over to the second half where he was much better. When we got to halftime, Byron obviously is down 2-0. Hansi Flick is looking at the lineup and seeing that things are not working and there was no sign that they were going to get any better. He pulled the trigger and used Leon Goretzka to come in for Mark Rocha and it changed the game completely. One, Goretzka is a, is a true 8. He can get box-to-box. Box, he can contribute offensively, but he's strong enough and sturdy enough to make an impact on defense, and I think we saw – Both of those things come into effect and Bayern's outlook and total demeanor on the pitch changed completely. They looked far more confident and dangerous and we saw the culmination of that in the 53rd minute when Leroy Sané just did some dazzling footwork and sent a beautiful pass across to Robert Lewandowski who deposited the ball into the back of the net. It was 2-1 and things were looking great for Bayern. The Bavarians had Eintracht Frankfurt reeling at the time you could really feel the pressure building, and it just seemed like a matter of time before Byron would be able to get that second goal, tie the game, and then maybe be in a position to take a chance to win toward the end of the contest. Unfortunately, that never happened. Uh, Byron fell into the trap several times of, of looking at opportunities, and instead of just trying to facilitate and work the ball up the field, I don't want to say slowly, but methodically, uh, they chose to go for the long ball, and it just was not all that successful on the day. I felt like when they were down 2-1 that they really should have tried to just play a little smarter, rely on the fact that they were the more skilled team, and try and manufacture a goal that way. It, it, it didn't happen. I felt like there were too many rushed decisions on the day, and that included several times where uh, either the back line or the midfield was was in possession of the ball, and instead of like I said, working the way up with shorter passes, they opted to go for a long ball, and it just ended up being a lost possession. So that was really disappointing to see that I felt like Byron took kind of the easy way out in terms of trying to work a little bit harder to get a goal. They were just hoping for a prayer, and at some point, like, that's that's not going to happen. Eintracht was was too smart on the day to fall for that. Their positioning was much better, and they forced Byron into a lot of decisions that I felt Like, uh, really, normally Byron would not make. And, you know, we saw the end result. The game ended 2-1. And I think mostly everyone at Byron has to be a little frustrated with this. And I think they should be. They should be a little angry at themselves. Uh, you can't feel sorry for yourself at this point. Uh, yeah, you've got a lot of injuries. You've got a couple of players, key players, out with COVID. I mean, when you're missing Thomas Muller and Benjamin Pavar and Serge Gnabry, players like that, they are tough to replace. I mean, you didn't start the game with Leon Gretzka. That's four starters that you typically would have in the lineup that you just did not start. And, uh, you know, it's one of the situations where you have to be better. And I think that what we're seeing is that there's a steep drop-off uh, with Byron's bench. Uh, I know Hansi Flick, over the course of the game, tried to make a couple of other su- substitutions, but it just didn't work out. I thought Jamal Musiala, I mean, he came in the 82nd minute. I'm, I'm not sure he really made much of an impact. Uh, Luca Hernandez came in for Kingsley Coman, which I was scratching my head a little bit at that point because I felt like Coman, while he wasn't sharp on the day, at least was presenting a threat. I didn't understand substituting in a defender for an offensive player when you're losing. Similarly, we saw in the ninetieth minute, we saw Javi Martinez come on for Leroy Sane. I know that the rationale was probably, you know, to get a bigger body into the box so, you know, they would be able to work for a header there. Uh Martinez, you know, it just wasn't enough time for him to really, really get involved. And I thought at that point Sane had Shown that he was one of the few Bayern players that was going to be able to to potentially make an impact and help tie the game, so there were definitely some things I think you could question from a managerial standpoint, and it's fair to do that. I mean, Hansi Flick has proven that he's a complete and utter genius in in how he's managed Bayern, but not you know everyone is susceptible to being criticized and being questioned, and I think you know Flick, if he reflects on the game, he's going to look at some of those moves. Some of the decisions he made even leading into the game uh, with his starting lineup and probably questioned to see whether he did the right thing. And, and, you know, it didn't work out. So whatever he thinks, it it probably just shows in the end result that there were some things he could have done differently and, and, and the end result would have been better. Um, some of the, the, the biggest takeaways, I thought, were I don't know what the solution is without Thomas Muller at this point. It doesn't appear that Chupo Moting is is – is the answer Uh, playing behind Robert Lewandowski I don't know if that means you know Bayern needs to look more closely at using Jamal Musiala there or if they need to try and get creative with something either in moving Leon Goretzka or Joshua Kimmich up I'm not sure I don't know what they're going to look at but they need to do better than than they did Uh, in other key aspect like we've talked about throughout this podcast so far is Sané how incredibly frustrating he was at times but then how incredibly brilliant he was at other times Uh, when you have a player that talented uh, and that mercurial I think it's it's going to be a long ride with him Um, there are going to be some moments where you want to rip your hair out and there are going to be some other moments where he drops your jaw and until he finds that Little bit of area that's more in the consistent realm where he can be better uh, on a more long-term basis, Uh, it's going to frustrate fans and probably frustrate the coaching staff alike. I just felt like in the first half, he lost too many balls, he was sloppy on the ball, and and that killed a couple possessions and opportunities for Byron. Second half, he looked way more focused, uh, way more into the game, and it showed Um, he was dynamic in a lot of ways. And I'm hoping we see a lot more of that as opposed to the mistakes that we saw. One thing that I think we always talk about when Byron plays on track Frankfurt is just the overall brilliance of Philip Kostic. Uh, he is a wing that I would 100% love to see on Byron because I think he plays the position exactly how Byron wants it to be played. He's fast. He's a great ability to cross the ball. He's dynamic. He's able to get to the net, put himself in good positions. Uh, he is just a phenomenal player, and it's almost cliche at this point to say he's the most underrated player in the Bundesliga. I think he's so underrated that now he's rated. <laughs> I think everybody kind of realizes just how good he is. And I think if if there were some teams out there that were, were looking for a player that could dynamically impact a game from the wing, you'd have to look closely at Kostic. Uh, and it's a shame. He's always been kind of a player that I've looked at and and said like, this is a great fit for Bayern if, if they could ever pull the trigger. And you know, last season when we got to the uh, we got to the summer, and it was clear that Leroy Sané was coming in, Ivan Perisic was probably leaving uh and Douglas Costa was coming back to Bayern. It was a shame because in the back of my mind I always looked at Kostic as a player that if Bayern could get he would be the perfect fit. Unfortunately that's probably never going to happen. But uh I think you know, he's a lot of fun to admire from afar. Uh just being able to watch him play a lot is is really kind of one of the special things about the Bundesliga because it seems like every team has a player of that ilk that you can look at and say, wow, this guy is really, really good, but it's a shame that no one outside of Germany really knows him that well or appreciates him. I think if any of the bigger clubs from Spain or England really watched and examined and, and saw how he can impact a game, there would be much more interest in him. But you know what, I'm fine if he stays in the Bundesliga and we get a chance to continue to watch him. And finally, I think the the last thing that that we probably should touch on is it's not an excuse to say that Byron is just too banged up right now with all of the injuries to key players with the sicknesses from CoVID 19 that the team has faced. this is this is a tough task in a very good league uh, to, for Byron to face. I mean, this they're a good team. But when you have this many players hurt, even your your quality backups now are getting hurt, and you've got two starters down with COVID-19, it, it's, it's a lot to ask on anyone. There's clearly not the cohesion and not the quality when Hansi Flick has to depend on his bench. And I think that's one of the things that we're going to have to really monitor closely and watch to see how Flick can impact his lineup selections, impact his subs, and get some of these reserve players up to speed Uh, it's a shame because this Bayern team is extremely talented but they're extremely snake bitten by no means is this a call to write off the season I think when it comes down to it when Bayern starts to get some of their players healthy they're going to be among the best in Europe but can they survive that Uh, this is by no means a slight to Lazio who Bayern will face in the Champions League next week Uh, but they're going to need even against a team on probably the lower end of the uh, Champions League teams that are that are left, I mean, Bayern's going to need a superior effort based on what we saw today. Can they ramp up their game? Can they be more focused and more energetic? I think so. In a lot of ways, despite how good Eintracht has been, I think Bayern looked past them a little bit. I think they saw the Champions League game coming up, and you know, while uh, as fans or anyone observe, any Bundesliga observer could see that this was an important Bundesliga game. Um, this was probably not the primary contest on the radar radar for the Byron players. I'm sure that they were looking a little bit past it, which is why they came out flat. So I think that in the end, like Byron's going to need better focus. They're going to need better cohesion. I don't know how you accomplish that in the next couple of days, but they're going to have to. They're going to have to find a way because I I feel like with a team like Lazio, who's, again, I don't think is one of the top tier squads left in the Champions League, But they're dangerous enough to hurt you. So you don't want to take a chance in falling behind to them or just having a sloppy, unmotivated game like I think we saw at points today. You don't want to risk that. You don't want to risk getting down 2-1, 3-1, anything to them and then risking your whole Champions League season. In the end, I think Bayern just needs to be better. I think they know that. And I think that a lot of this is going to depend on how Flick can set his team up For the next game and obviously I think we'll see Leon Goretzka back in the lineup which should be an immediate help from the beginning but they're going to need more consistent play and they're going to need someone who can give up a part of their game behind Robert Lewandowski like Thomas Muller does to help Lewandowski get the most out of his game. He was again extremely frustrated today and, and rightfully so it was also not his best game in terms of movement and spacing so I think that there's just so much room for improvement among the team and that Hansi Flick will get back to work uh, probably immediately in trying to get things done. So once again, thanks for joining us in this post-game show. This was Chuck Smith. You can catch me at the barrel blog on Twitter. Please give our main site Twitter account a follow at BavarianFBWorks and check out our site for all of the post-game coverage, including our match observations. And Match match Awards will also probably have some post-game reactions coming in from the players and perhaps from Flick himself. So appreciate your time. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.